I'm Danielle Royston, and this is Telco in 20. Back in episode 18, I interviewed transformation leader Yuhal Korhonen. He talked about the best way to build a digital brand or an MBNL, which he believes is to build it like a software company. He got 20 more points of EBITDA using fewer people and building the whole thing on a cloud native stack. Today on the podcast, we have the leader of an MBNO in the United States that's going all in on the public cloud. US Mobile has had incredible growth over the last few years. Its revenue has skyrocketed from $15 million to more than $50 million, and it continues to grow. The company has a revolutionary approach to the way it's built its tech stack, cloud first on Google Cloud. I can't wait to talk to US Mobile CEO Amit Kitak about what sets the company apart from more than 100 other US MVNOs, what it does to delight subscribers, and how he's breaking the rulebook and growing the business. So let's take 20. Ahmed Katak is the CEO of US Mobile. Hi, Ahmed. Welcome to Telco in 20. Hi, how are you? I am awesome. I'm so excited to have you on our podcast. First of all, I want to talk about your amazing, interesting background. You're from Pakistan. You attended Yale University in the United States, and you're a fabulous entrepreneur. I have been looking for all the cool entrepreneurs in Telco, and I've seemed to find them in MVNO land. What's attracted you to this industry? Yeah, so I think I'm a perfect use case for the space. I came in from Pakistan. I had no credit history. I had $200 in my pocket. Yeah. And it's a 20-hour flight, oceans away from Pakistan. Scary. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be as easy as landing in the U.S., getting a SIM card and making phone calls. Actually, yeah. wasn't able to get my phone for the first couple of weeks. Had to pay $500 to get a crappy phone. And then many years later, I was graduating and still nothing had changed. And that's what spurred me into coming to the space. Yeah. I mean, it's like the classic immigrant coming to America story. So now you've built US Mobile. There's about 140 MVNOs in the United States. What really sets US Mobile apart from the 140 that you find in our country? A really great question. MVNOs were traditionally companies that launched three plans and had a marketing strategy around it. We yeah. had an entirely different approach. Mm-hmm. We thought that the whole tech stack needed evolution. So really, US Mobile considered itself more as a hybrid network operator. We basically built everything from scratch. Yeah. What's really happened over the years is we've gotten really close to core network level access with at least one of our network partners where we're just able to do a lot of magic ourselves as opposed to depending on the wireless carriers. Yeah. Sure, people say there's 140 MVNOs in the country, but how many of them have direct access to the MNOs, which is really what is critical for longevity of the business. Did you have to fight to get the data access from them or did you negotiate at a time where... They didn't really care as much. Timing was definitely a big factor. A lot of MNOs had opened up their platforms beyond giving you a couple of APIs so that you can make a couple of rate plans. So I don't necessarily think we got special treatment. Having said that, I think what happened was 
there was a lot of technology that the MNOs had already built that most MNOs were not leveraging because they were traditionally going through an MVNE, which don't tend to be technically the most advanced companies out there. Yeah. So I think it was a mixture of us leveraging a lot of tools that they already had and then them looking into it and saying, wait, we should build out more of this for them because this seems to be working. Yeah. And so back to the way you guys are differentiating, I think one thing you guys offer is ability for people to configure their own plans or pool plans. So talk to me a little bit about how you've built this technology, because I think that is something that's really unique that people have talked about for a while and not a lot of people do. Yeah. So we started off as giving you a seven by seven by seven matrix. So like that's 400 different plan combinations to buy whatever you want to do. And like no wireless carrier had it. Yeah. We've built everything from our pool plans to our rating engine, to our metering engine, to our provisioning to our referral programs. Mm -hmm. If there's a service out there, we have built it from scratch. If you just look at our pool plans, that thing theoretically scales to infinity because we don't give you a predetermined bucket, right? We say, hey, you can do one or you can do 99 or you can do 999. There's a different permutation for every business or customer on our pool plans. Yeah. Another really interesting thing about US Mobile is that we were natively built in the cloud. Yeah. We never started on bare metal and then kind of moved over as things changed. We were entirely built in the cloud starting 2015 when most carriers were not built in the cloud. Correct. We took some aggressive bets like using MongoDB as a database of choice as opposed to MariaDB or as SQL based. A lot of people consider our space as all about relationships. It's all about tables. It's all about connecting them. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to make this work but it's going to be one of the fastest, most scalable database technologies out there for our space in the long term. And that's exactly how it's turned up. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like US Mobile's doing it. You're letting people configure their own plans. So that's really amazing. We recently talked with Peter Adderton, who's famous for starting Boost Mobile down in Australia. And he has another startup called MobileX. And he thinks that most people are on the wrong plan, that they don't know what to select that they sign up for unlimited plans because they're afraid of the overages. We've kind of been conditioned by overage pricing and they have no idea how much data they're going to use. And so you have a different approach. You're letting people configure there. So do you think consumers really understand what they need? And how do you guys help them select the right plan? I think that's a really good question. I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with what Peter says, but from our perspective, what Peter is doing today is exactly what we did six years back. We built our customizable plans where we give you a clear view of what you're using and then you could actually select your own plan. Yeah. And one thing we realized was that it was a good starting point for us. It let us dominate that niche, but it was really a niche play. Mm -hmm. But I would say like at least half of the customers out there want to pay a upfront fixed cost and they don't necessarily want to worry about how much data they're using. Yeah. Some people are like, hey, I'll never use more than X amount of data. So perhaps someone can make that decision for me. Like Mint has been extremely successful with that, right? Kind of predefining what your usage looks like and actually extrapolates it over three months, six months or a year. Or then if you're a really big, heavy data user, I think you just want a range of what's available to you. So from our perspective, I think a lot of people do have a decent idea about how much they use. Yeah, do you think that people tend to have a constant usage or do you think a lot of people are all over the place all the time? Like from January to February, I have different patterns on my data usage or my mobile usage. I don't necessarily think people are all over the place. I think you can segment them into like how much they use and it usually stays consistent. There are users who are on a five or a 10 gig plan and they actually never cross that. Yeah. And then they're heavy data users, 40, 50, 60 gigs a month because they're traveling. 
and then you have the low users. So I think, sure, AI or machine learning deciding whether you want one gig or two gig or three gig or four gigs of data and maybe saving you a couple of dollars a month is meaningful. But beyond that, everyone is seeing linear growth in data usage, but I don't necessarily think we see like exponential yeah, yeah. jumps. I mean, it jitters, but it doesn't jitter too much. It's an incremental increase on a monthly basis. Okay, cool. Well, let's talk about technology, right? You said a little bit ago that you built Cloud First 2015, one of the first MVNOs certainly that I know about that went all in on the public cloud in an industry that's very fearful of the hyperscalers. And so talk to me about which cloud provider did you pick? Why did you pick them? And has cloud technology really allowed you guys to focus on your business and not so much about managing the tech stack? And that's a great question. We actually started with Linode because Google Cloud wasn't entirely built out at that time. And then we didn't necessarily want to be sitting on Azure because they were still very enterprise focused. So we started off with Linode. It let us kind of put some instances up and start building US mobile in the cloud. Yeah. We have more than 50 microservices. Everything is compartmentalized so that if there's one service breaking, it should not impact others. Another reason for leveraging public cloud, obviously, is speed and security. Yeah. If you look at all the breaches, you know, most of them keeps on happening with legacy companies. Yeah. And part of it is that cloud technologies used properly also make some of the most secure platforms either. Yeah. And in terms of like scale and speed, one thing that I think is extremely underrated when you actually talk about like public cloud is ability to make mistakes. So what do I mean by that? Using public cloud in conjunction with either container management services like Docker or using Kubernetes for orchestration, one of the things that it actually lets you do is make mistakes and revert without actually your users being out in the wild. So a couple of weeks back, we made a change to the way we authenticated payments from our customers at US Mobile. And the result of that was not optimal. Yeah. And I was sitting with the engineering team at that time, product manager comes in and says, hey, here is what's happening. Within five minutes, we were able to revert the change and go back to the state five minutes earlier that was working without our customers even finding out. So I think one thing that is incredible about cloud that no one talks about is your ability to iterate and experiment. Yeah. Using legacy technologies means that you're going to spend four weeks just deploying something and involving 17 different groups in the company. And if something breaks, no one knows what's broken. You have to start reverting all changes. And that's why big companies become very cautious. Yeah. So I think that's been one of the biggest eye-openers for us, which is the speed and scale that you can move just leveraging public cloud and all the technologies. Yeah, I think something that you just said there is exactly right, which is the legacy way that Telco has been deploying applications to date, which is largely on-premise, very monolithic. When you put in a change, it goes out to your entire subscriber base. It's very difficult to segment it to a small group. And that's what I love about cloud. And when we do stuff with Tatogi and we make a change, we can use, we call them canaries. We can put them out to a small test group or to a friendly customer or a pilot for a new feature. And if it works, roll it out to the entire base. And if it doesn't work, like you said, we can roll it back within minutes. And so we love this about the cloud. It's such a different way of thinking in telco. Instead of testing everything to make sure it's rock solid and not broken, flip it upside down and say, even if it breaks, I can revert very easily to a better state. And that's never been the case. Yeah. And so asking you another question, as you guys have been using Google Cloud, you said it increases the speed and agility. Have you guys actually seen that in your business? Is it measurable? Obviously, speed is extremely measurable. One example is every time we build a new service out or if you're seeing a spike, 
I've seen how fast it is for our engineers to spin out a container to the point of, okay, this person just spun out an extra instance. It took him five minutes to do that. It took another 15 minutes or 10 minutes for our CICD pipelines to build that and deploy it. So that is extremely measurable. Yeah. You know, one thing that you said in your comments, hey, you know, we send these canaries out and then you talk about feature flagging. One of the biggest, greatest gifts public cloud has given is scalably doing feature flagging. Yeah. In terms of speed and agility as well, we had our company offsite last year. And one of the things that we spoke about was the traffic jam that we were getting in our staging environments. Mm -hmm. So a very big strategy for last year was how do we decouple that? How do we decouple our progressive web app from our React Native app and our Android app and our backend? So this year we went back and said all of those traffic jams are gone because we have these parallel environments. And that is also something that is extremely measurable in speed. Yeah. One team doesn't have to coordinate with the other team when they're launching something, they compartmentalized speed, that safety, all the good stuff that the cloud gives you. Yeah, and so you kind of talk about your team like a software company. Do you think you're a software company, not a traditional MVNO? Yeah, I mean, outside the customer support, we have around 65 people in US Mobile. I would say more than half of them are engineers. Under two years, we grew from 15 million in revenue to over 50 million and we only have two people in marketing yeah, and we have seven product managers and four X that many engineers. So yeah, you have a small company and you've gone from 15 to 50 million subscribers, which is unbelievably impressive growth. You've done it all on the public cloud with configurable plans. I would love to sell you my charger, or at least talk to you about it because I think uh -huh. it could help you with your configurable plans and what you're trying to do, which is insane. I think what you folks have done is actually super cool. And obviously my information is limited to whatever technical specs that you folks have put out in the cloud, but I think it's super awesome that I think we should talk about. But to your point, we absolutely are a software company. Technology was going to be our biggest moat. What's actually happened over the last couple of years is our scale is helping us at this point. Yeah. We're one of the bigger wholesale partners to our MNO. When you actually look at independently owned MNOs, I think after Mint, we're probably the biggest. That's awesome. And catching up really fast. And I love it. I think we've kind of kept our head down and really focused on building the technology. And now we have the economic scale with it as well, right? We raised $30 million from Volition Capital. This was one of the very first major investment in MVNO space from a tier one investor. Yeah. So we have the economic firepower. We feel pretty good about where our product is. And we have close to 100% retention on our engineering team over the past two years. And most certainly we feel like this has all been possible because of the technology that we have built. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's super impressive. I mean, you personally have received a bunch of impressive awards, including I heard that you were at the White House to receive the most industry disruptive company award in 2012, which I was like, I didn't even know that award existed, but I totally want it. <laughs> <laughs> so was that under the Obama administration? Yeah, it was under the Obama administration. Yeah. I went to the White House, got the tour, everything from the Rose Garden to where his office was. And then there was a ceremony within the White House. Yeah. Obama personally wrote a letter to me. Oh my gosh, take a picture of it and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. And then I was on the White House Council for Small Businesses. There were like seven entrepreneurs around the U.S. where we worked very closely with the White House in terms of visa reforms and like small business reforms. It was pretty cool. Super cool. Well, I have an Obama story that I'll share with you. So I met Obama in May of 2011. It was actually the Tuesday after the whole Osama bin Laden thing happened. 
And he came to Austin. I live in Austin, Texas. And he was here for a fundraising event. Everyone's jockeying to meet Obama because he's incredibly charismatic. So everyone's trying to get their like cool question to Obama. And I tell my husband, I'm going to ask him for a high five. <laughs> and my husband goes, no, you're not. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm like, if you don't want to be with me, you don't want to be associated with me, step away. <laughs> and so Obama was going table to table. And so I shake his hand and I ask him, can I give you a high five for your super awesome weekend? And huh. he looks at me and goes, absolutely. And so I give him an awesome <laughs> high five. It wasn't even one of those like messed up high fives. It was like a total connection. It was amazing. And about two or three months later, I got an official White House picture and it was me with Obama giving him a high five, which is unbelievable. We look like we're dancing together, but I'm really just giving him a high five. So it was really awesome. Listen, out of the box thinking. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to congratulate him for kicking butt. So yeah. Ahmed, this is such a great conversation, learning more about US Mobile. It's absolutely fantastic what you guys have done with a super small team, really having a software orientation, building your stack now on Google Cloud, giving yourself that ability to really focus on your customer and build a great experience. It's super impressive. And I just want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us and big fan of some of the work you folks have done as well. Awesome. Thanks. Stick around because we're ending each podcast with a telco and 20 takeaway. I have 20 seconds to tell you something you need to know. Ahmed came to the United States with almost nothing in his pocket and used his experience as a newcomer to build a thriving business from scratch. Talk about the American dream. Ahmed says U.S. Mobile is ahead of their competition because they built cloud first on Google Cloud. While a lot of people think that speed is the biggest benefit of the public cloud, he thinks it's actually the ability to make mistakes and quickly fix them. That's the biggest thing the cloud has done for them. For example, U.S. Mobile's entire stack is built on Kubernetes and Docker. If there's ever a bug or an issue in a release that's rolled out to subscribers, U.S. Mobile can easily roll back the production environment to an older, stable version without significant downtime while the techies figure it out. Ahmed thinks being cloud-first has been the difference for U.S. Mobile in being able to quickly scale the business and grow from $15 million to over $50 million. That's growth I bet all MVNOs dream of. Do you want a triple revenue like U.S. Mobile has? Would you like the speed and savings that Public Cloud delivers? Let's talk. Come find me at MWC. Oh my God, next week. I caramba. I'm giving a talk at the MVNO Summit where Satogi is the gold sponsor and hanging out at the Tatogi booth between halls three and five. That's right, outside. Here's praying that the rain in Spain really does fall mainly on the plane and not on the Fira. But we think it's gonna be sunny and it's gonna be amazing. So come see me, well high five. You'll be an honorary member of the Obama High Five Club. If you won't be at the Fira, DM me on Twitter at TelcoDR and connect with me on LinkedIn. Listen to the other episodes of my podcast, like the one from Yuha Kerhonen, Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave us a review. You can also sign up for our awesome email newsletter on telcodr.com and check out our killer YouTube channel. See you in Barcelona. Later, nerds. Later, nerds.